0: This is Game of Inches, the podcast. Now, here's your host, Logan Carter.
1: Hello and welcome to Game of Inches, the podcast. I'm Logan Carter. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, today we have Guy Shavers, state champion of Southwest Guilford. How you doing, Coach? Pretty good. Coach hotberger is joining me today as well, former Wake Forest basketball player and our, our statistician <laughs> <laughs> through everything. <laughs> So, you know, Coach Shavers, let's go ahead and start with you. Biggest news was you retiring, you know, last week. I mean, it just got released. You you called around to everybody. Um, it was really big on your heart. You had prayed about it. You know, kind of explain your decision-making process, you know, through the season. I mean, it was an incredible season, historical season for Southwest Guilford, and it's an epic conclusion to your high school
2: career. Yeah, I just uh, I felt like it was time. Uh, I'm not one of those ones. Um, we've I've seen my share. It's amazing. That I've gotten to coach against two of the top three winningest coaches in the state, and I didn't think there was any chance of catching them. So I was like, "Let me go ahead and, and mosey on out of here." While I'm ahead. But seriously, I I was just not one of those ones. Um, I could see myself attached to the game forever, but I didn't know that. Um, at this level, I felt like it was just time. I I talked to my wife and. You know, just times and when your wife looks at you and you. She she asked me today. She's like, "Can you pencil me in for tomorrow?" Um, because even though I've 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 resigned there at Southwest, um, it still it just keeps going. And I knew, um, that I'd made a good decision because, and I I knew it had to be a fairly quick decision because I wanted to be fair to Southwest Guilford. They've been really good to me, you know, Mr. Parker that hired me and. And Coach Men, they believed in me when I didn't have any head coaching experience at the high school level. And it got a little thick there for a while, and we kind of figured some things out. But I, I knew that – um, <clears throat> I, I don't even remember who it was I heard him say. And it's not that I'm not motivated. It's not that I don't enjoy it. I love being in the gym. But, you know, I, I felt like my family didn't exactly suffer – But, you know, I think they missed out on some things. And my wife is looking at me, and sometimes she's like, I'm lonely, stuff like that. That means a lot to me. So it was not even a hesitation to say, let me finish this year, and then we'll kind of reevaluate. So I don't know what that means. Uh, She's like, if you did college, then maybe we could afford, and I could not work as much, and we could spend some time there at the gym together. But, you know, uh, having a a younger family and just um, trying to figure that out, And then just the challenge of it. I'm not saying high school basketball is not a challenge. But I I know, I mean, I've won two and three years. So that's got to mean something. And I've won probably 200 games in the last eight, nine years. And um, I really wanted to kind of the next challenge. You kind of want to step your game up. And I I thought that would be nice. So if it's that way, then great. If not, I'm I'm, I'm a business major. I could do real estate or something (laughs) like that. I don't know if I'd get the same joy out of it or not, but um, I'm kind of looking for the, the next thing. And and I, I knew the rumors were going around that you're going to look at this school. Every year a job came open, um, whether it was a private school or a public school, they're like, oh, are you, no, that's, that's not me. So My former players are like, coach, you need to coach college ball. They're <laughs> like, you're a college coach. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I've had several of them um, say that to me. Um, So it kind of intrigued me as it went on. So as, as time went on, it was not, I'm all locked in. And it's one of those things, like I said, we wanted on Saturday, on Wednesday, coaches like we got to get the schedule ready for next year. So I didn't think it would be fair to Southwest Guilford to wait till June and then say, I'm going to leave. Um, and it's one of those things that I didn't want to be there in the building and somebody say, well, coach would have did this. And then they're coming to me and like, coach is not doing that. The same way I was able to find my footing, I would want somebody else to do that. Now, I just had so, another coach talk to me today, and they're like, I wouldn't take that job with a 10-foot pole because if I got to come and try to step in after you and what you were able to co- accomplish re- lately, I never really thought about that until people started saying it. But, you know, I mean, I'm blessed. I have I've, I've um, I, I think that's the neatest thing about this is, is we built it. This wasn't I went and recruited players. This wasn't. Mm-hmm. People just necessarily fell in my lap. These were the kids that came for the most part that came through the middle school, came up to the high school, and, and we worked it out. I mean, that that's that's the neatest thing to me.
1: Yeah, and I mean since, you know, Rich and I we, we discussed it the last time you were on the podcast, we we've seen you build this team. Mm-hmm. What was it about the, the Langley's the Langley twins freshman years when you, you started starting, coaching yeah. at East Versize? And, I mean, you're exactly right. You've literally built this team. You're you're unlike any other coach that's out here. You know, oh, hey, man, come over
0: to my and school I, play with my kids. And I saw Coach's team play uh, a few years before that in the state playoffs. Um, I was over there watching you all play Reagan. That's the year you were undefeated going into the state playoffs, and Reagan upset you in the fir- first or second, second round, round. Second round. Um, but, I mean, that's that was probably 2000. What, I think that was 2013. 13. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say 2013, so he had that program moving in the right direction, and then, you know, it just gets stronger, and the thing that I, like at Southwest Guilford or any program that really has a strong program through the years is, it's like that mentality gets into your, your school system of like, okay, you know, you're eight years old, and you're like, man, I'm going to play for Coach Shavers at Southwest Guilford, that's my goal, and you're working at it, you're working at it, you're working at it, and it just, I mean, that's the whole mentality to me and that whole school district is that's where I want to go. That's where I want to go. I want to play basketball at Southwest Guilford. And when you get that going, you're on the right track for sure. Yeah. What
2: a great point. I know when I was, um, I told you guys before, I went to New Hanover High School in Wilmington. And I remember I was little and I was like, I can't wait to go to Hanover. And I remember my sophomore year, I bought my letter jacket, and I wasn't even on varsity. So I wasn't going to get a letter for a couple of years there or whatever like that. But, I mean, I, I'm, that's a great point. And I know some of the JV kids, some of the middle school kids were really upset to the point I was told they were to tears. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that that's probably the one of the most humbling moments you can have to say, I mean, as many times as you see kids running off and going somewhere else, to, to have kids saying they want to come there with you because they see the way you're doing it and that you care. You know, because every year I go over to that middle school and I, I have a conversation with them, and I'm like, I can't wait for you guys to get over here. We're going to get in this gym, and we're going to work. I'm not going around to AAU events. I mean, if people do that, that's their thing. That's up to them, but I'm not going around trying to do that. I'm just trying to take the kids that are here and, and get the most out of them.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad that was humbling for you because I'm about to boost your pride a little bit to go through, you know, everything. You were actually announced as the North Carolina Uh, Basketball Coaches Association you know coach of the year today you were the coach of the district uh, Piedmont Triad 3A coach of the year Uh, you've won two state championships in the past three years I mean it's just unbelievable you know the career that you've had and and you know you're you're probably right the the college level is probably the next challenge for you because you've dominated high school with you know not recruiting uh, just you know so it's just like the middle school players are coming in and Rich is exactly right I mean these kids they just love you as a coach, and you can see it. I mean, you you see it out there on the court. They respect every single word that you say to them in the locker room after the games. Uh, I remember filming that scene with you and Millie Huggins in the the locker room after the state championship, and you know you're you're hugging him and you're embracing him, and he came up to you, you know, because he knows that you're that type of guy. And, you know, in your press conference, I love how the first thing that you mentioned was Christian before you even got into that guy's question, you know, because he was asking you about the game. You said, well, first of all, we were missing Christian the most, and it's just I amend you. I, I, I was almost in tears to to find out that you you were retiring because you've been such an impact, you know, on just the entire community, and that's why I put that in the tweet because every person that I've ever talked to about you, either you know, coaches, other players that you might might be on Mount Tabor's team, they all have nothing but good things to say about you, and you should be so proud of that. No bad talk about Coach Savers. No, none at all. And, and it's just awesome to hear that because you know some people they, they pick on coaches like oh he recruits over there or so and so but nothing has ever been said so right. you know it's just awesome to hear that and you know where where, where did you kind of learn a coaching style from if you don't mind me asking you know just that that connection that you build with players
2: well to me I mean and I'm pretty sure Coach will um to relate to this um well before the sports you're at home and you know my father was like boy. Don't make me come to that schoolhouse, and don't mess up my name. And he's like, I gave you that, and um, and and I think that meant a lot to me, just foundationally. Like, you know, I I didn't want to go and embarrass my family or anything like that. And there were a lot of people that knew um, I was so and so. Um, I was Mr. Shaver's son, Miss Shaver's son, and I I didn't want to mess that up. And as for the coaching part, you know, I I kind of, you and know, I was talking to a coach today, and. He's got a a pretty good D2 job, one of the better D2s in the country. And um, um, there's a lot of misconception. You know, um, everybody thinks that whatever the trend is that's going on, that's what you have to follow. And, you know, the the better coaches realize that they're going to do their thing. So there's some some coaches that they want transfers. They want JUCO players. They want whatever. And then there's some coaches they're going to kind of build it in every class. They'll put four people in each class, and they'll kind of build around that. Neither one of them is wrong. It just has to be what's right for them. But if you go chasing somebody else's trend, it usually doesn't work out. So what I kind of found at first, I just love that fast tempo. So, you know, being from North Carolina, you're pretty much going to be one of those schools. You're either going to be Carolina, you're going to be Duke. Um, There's some state in there and there's some Wake Forest. And then everything kind of trickles down from there. And I I grew up watching North Carolina. Um, being from Wilmington, <laughs> knowing Michael Jordan since I was – 10 or 11 years old, not knowing him, knowing him, but getting to watch him at those younger ages, he kind of bought into that. And Dean Smith just had a huge um, impact on the way I viewed the game. So I I love that pace. And then when Coach Williams came in, I was like, wow, that's it. So I remember going to those Carolina clinics, anybody that's in the (laughs) state and you you kind of go that. So you see that and some of the things they took and, you kind of, um, you don't want to pattern yourself after anybody per se, but it's great to be able to take something mm-hmm. from people. So I, I remember spending time watching those clinics. I went down and I met coach Hurley, um, who's the winningest coach in the history of the country. And, you know, when he's talking, that's Mount Rushmore. You, you listen. And I know some of the stuff he was saying, um, he was like, you might not take everything I want, but if you can take one thing, just take the one thing and, he was tell, talking about getting organized and having your kids, you know, he's out on those streets in New Jersey and getting those kids and they, they believe in you, you know, um, you know, the basketball comes, he's like, uh, you've got some people in there now in their thirties. And now I'm in that place where some of my <laughs> former players that played for me throughout the way, the Eric Hicks and the Cameron Bennermans and whatever, those guys have gone on and had full careers. And, um, some of them have kids and all that stuff. And, they still reach back out to you, and that that just means a lot, you know, because outside, they they know very well if you were doing shady stuff. Mm-hmm. And now these are grown men, and they're going to tell – and I've had um, coach, um, kids tell me, they're like, you know, I played for this coach, and I'd never play for him again, and I'm never going to have any contact with you, but I'm going to be in touch with you forever. And that goes a long way with me. So I'm, I'm not trying to win a, a game at all costs. You know, I want I want to make sure that people – um, believe in what I'm telling them. I can't just tell them any old thing. So I don't ever promise them that you're going to come in here and start and play all these minutes and stuff like that. I'm, I don't know. Uh, but with that being said, Skip Prosser had heavy influence on me. We got I got to spend some personal time with him. That was just a good man. And the biggest thing I took from him is he said, you're going to be what you practice. And he's like, I go get what I like. I think that's a lost art in our game today. Mm-hmm. Um, people are seeing a kid from a distance. You get them to get there, and then you find out they're a little different, and then you're ready to to throw them away (laughs) with the trash. And I mean, I think that happens on every level. And I'm kind of um, that's why I kind of take who's comes in the door. Mm -hmm. And um, you just have some core values. Anybody that knows me, I share. I share personally, and my guys are going to share the ball. And and if you really don't like that, then you probably shouldn't come play for me. (laughs) I, I mean, and if you look at it, I think I've had three or four times in the last few years. Where my entire starting five made the um, All-Conference team. Yeah. Um. That that's sacrifice. A lot of <laughs> people say they want to play on that team until you're asked. Um. You yeah. could score twenty. Yeah. But I probably only need twelve from you.
0: Yep. That's right. I need my twenty every
2: night, Coach.
1: Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know somebody was, I think, joking with Keyshawn, or they might have been actually upset, but they were saying, you know. I think four of your guys made the what the triad all-star team and I'm like you're lucky it's not five Keyshawn is at the uh, <laughs> North Carolina South Carolina because then that would take another spot but I think you know going back to what you're saying about these coaches go out and they get players that they don't really know about and you know social media is probably the biggest cause of that uh, I see a, a trend of these coaches they're really not you know getting on a, a, a flight and going watching these players the coaches that are really good are still doing that you know roy he was at the state championship game he's checking in on players kind of seeing their personality on the court not just watching highlights and you know talking to him over the phone because yeah you can get to know somebody but i think that in-person connection that you're talking about is you know what really really uh... is beneficial to your team but you know let's kind of start talking about your season you know you were talking about how winning is not everything to you you know at all costs and i think the best representation of that was probably rich you could probably agree to this uh... The, the game where christian went down mm-hmm. and I mean right there at the start of the second quarter instead of you know you talking to the players and stuff, you're there comforting his mother uh his his sister you know she she was really frantic in that situation, and you know you you were sitting over there with that situation and you know what do you come back and tell the team after you know you're you're off in another world basically, and then you got to go and coach a basketball team
2: well, I know um my wife has the strong stomach in our family. see her being the nurse. I see blood, and I I might as well have a skirt and some high heels on. I, I, that's not my thing. But um, I saw Christian, and it's kind of funny. In that moment, everything slowed down. I mean, literally, while he was in the air, it just seemed like it was slow motion. And It's like I wanted to do something um, to help him. And I'm seeing him struggle to try to flip and get his hands, and he never could get his hands out. Yeah. And then I saw his head hit, and I've never seen – anything like that in person. I've only been in one car accident and I remember in that moment it did that same thing. It kinda of slowed down. And I remember my aunt, she's driving, somebody smashed into her, so immediately she steps off the brake onto the accelerator. And we're heading for a building and I'm like, Stop and I probably wasn't no more than twelve or thirteen. But it was a it was a um, it's a, it's an experience that you'll never forget. Yeah. And and Christian's accident was in there and, and and talking with his mother and talking to the doctors they were like this was not a sports entry this was a wreck they mm-hmm. said this is the same thing that if you were in a car wreck would hit the trauma that they said this was not yeah. a concussion this was head trauma so mm-hmm. it it slows down life for you and it makes you appreciate some things so you realize that we ju- we're just playing a game you know I know parents get all into it and you get into it with the officials and everything else like that, and then you realize <laughs> yeah, it's is. a game. Yep. You, you've got to value life. You've got to value people. So, you know, when I saw that, you know, all I could see was his mother, and she's she's like, this is my baby. You know, I, 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 I um, could not imagine. I know my son when he was probably, I don't know, five or six. Um, he comes in. He's like, My stomach's hurting. I was like, Well, go talk to your mom. She's the nurse. <laughs> and he goes in. And, and my, 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 we kind of almost have reverse roles in my family. You know, I'm kind of the nurturer. And she's like, Do you want me to take you to the hospital? <laughs> so that night, she's like, Let's go to the hospital. And I was shocked because I thought it was just a, a little bit of Pepto Bismol. Uh-huh. We all go to sleep <laughs> and we wake up in the morning. Well, we get to the hospital and they look. And they said if you would have been a few hours later, he'd be dead. Oh my God. You know, his appendix was on on the way out, and um, you you sit there and look at your child, and you're like, and I and I kept asking my wife, I was like, how did you know? How how was this? And, and he really doesn't complain unless he's really hurting. He's mm-hmm. been like that since he's a baby, but it's like, um. So all of that's kind of playing in your mind, and so I'm seeing mom and. She's seeing him, and, and it was just, uh, I mean, if you see the details that's going on, and he's moving, then he's not moving, and you, know, you don't know what to think. Um, so you're just kind of going automatic, and that that's kind of what happened. And then the sister was coming, and she was looking for her, and I didn't realize she had run out. So they sent somebody to go get her, and um, um, you don't want them to panic. And mm-hmm. that, to me, eventually you're going to find out who you are. And people have asked me that for years about my coaching. You know, um, if I panic, don't be surprised when the kids panic. So eventually it's kind of, I, I think that's, God puts that in all of us. We get put in bad situations and um, you, some people will sit there. Some people will will um, take off running and some people just sit there and then do what they're programmed to do. So that's kind of what I did. But I remember getting to the bench and I'm trying to get my head together. <laughs> And um, um, almost everybody on the bench—they're like sitting there with their head in their hands and whatever. And Derek Partee came over and he says, "Coach, these guys here need you now." And it just kind of—I mean—it rung with me. And I was like, "Okay." And I wanted to start when I was when I was 15 years old. I was the youngest of eight. <laughs> but it, it was um, it was kind of um, it was kind of surreal. So it was like, "All right, you guys." And I told them, I said, "You guys, we got a job to do." And Christians. Um, hurt, but he's in good hands. I've sent an assistant coach. I sent my wife. They went to the hospital with him. As soon as I know something, you'll know something. um, It was not to be – I didn't want to feel like I was not caring. But, um, you know, later on I had parents saying, we were mad at you. We should have just stopped the game there. I was like, well, that would have been a forfeit. And there were a lot of people that were involved, namely those boys, that that were that had right. to do what they had to do and the state is not i mean as much as that's tragic um and um not quite tragic because he was still alive and um you, you've got to finish people get hurt in sports all the time right yeah and i think that was awesome i remember
1: you talking to me after the game our post post game interview you know talking about coach party Coming over, and I thought that was awesome. And you, you kind of made a reference in the interview saying that it's almost like remember the Titans of right. the movie. So <laughs> you can thank <laughs> Denzel Washington for kind of giving you a, you know some some pointers. But you know, let's let's go on a happy note. You know, you guys put on a clinic all season long. Like I mean, there y- there was no surprises after we saw you guys ke- get going. I think we 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 met you guys started covering your games when you hit like the what thirteen and 0 mark. you played Tabor against, against Tabor, Tabor yeah. but. Uh, I want to go back to the second quarters of the semifinal game and also uh, the championship game so you know against Cox Mill you had Jaden Turner just absolutely go nuts after after Christian's injury it was like he really wanted to go out there and play for Christian second quarter Uh, and then championship game you guys are down first quarter and then all of a sudden Keyshawn you know starts getting going you know what are your thoughts on those two games you know just that quick I mean you guys have been doing it all season long Rich talked about it on the podcast last time. Like you guys just hit a run, but this time it was two different players. And you know how fun is that to to coach for you and you
2: know Will Price and guys like that on the on the bench. Well, you can throw the Northwest game in there when Jaden lost that, his mind, yeah. and the Dudley <laughs> game when Keyshawn <Keystone laughs> lost his all game. All of them. Well, I'm saying those ones specifically when you've been kind of quote unquote holding them back all year, and then they see um, they seize the moment. I mean, that's just really special. And then you just kind of back off and you let them do what they do because all year long, these guys, all, all five of those guys average between like 11 and 15. And you know, and all year long you're preaching, if I really needed you, you could get me 20. Um, yeah. And really and truly, they, they saw the moment, they saw the opportunity. Not that they were trying to do it themselves, but the opportunity presented itself and they were ready to step up because I, I would dare say, um, that most of that starting five could have been the man for somebody else in this area. Yes. Oh, 100%. You know? So that's not to be egotistical and, um, put down anybody else, but I, I'll tell you this. I think that the way that they were voted for some of these teams tells you that some people agree with me, <laughs> you know, I mean, when they all make all conference and they all make all district and three of them make all state that that's pretty special. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I haven't seen too much of that in my career. Yeah.
0: One one thing I like to add too on on that point is just that, like with Jaden in the semifinals and and the way that he got going, I think he had 19 points in the second quarter. But again, another phenomenal aspect of your team was that there was so much unselfishness that they said, "This guy is hot. Get him the ball." And they got him the ball, and he delivered, and he kept delivering, and they kept getting the ball. So it was like. Nobody on that team had any problem with him taking over and taking and scoring nineteen points in that quarter. It was just total unselfishness and, and great
2: teamwork on that team. I used to tell him, feed him like a fat man at a buffet. You know, if he's hot, you better give it That's to right. him. Give it to I him. know um a few years ago we were playing in a game and Keyshawn hit eight threes in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um and now he didn't hardly get anything else after that. But, <laughs> but the, the guys recognize and the kind of game recognizes game. So when they see him on like that on a roll, um, every once in a while you have to yell, like, give him the ball. But for the most part, they see it. I knew and, it. You know, one of the key things about Will Price, you mentioned his name, mm-hmm. is he pushes assists. He's like, we got to get these assists. He's like, I could score. I could shoot but my happiest moments is when i could feed a teammate and we made a play so he's been pushing that since he's been with us like we got to get over that 20. we knew we had a good game when we had at least 20 assists Mm -hmm. um so if more people would take on that mentality and when you combine that with um the style of defense we play um it just creates opportunities for a lot of people now what was neat was they could also hold each other accountable So if Jaden was standing up at the top too much trying to leak out for a dunk, they would say something to each other um, like, hey, man, uh, you want me to throw you that ball, you better get back and help board. So it's neat when you're – I I don't remember which coach it was that told me this, but you have a really good team when the teammates can hold each other accountable Mm -hmm. and it doesn't turn into an argument. So they're not pointing fingers so much as they are, we're going to be the best team we can. So there was many days, even in practice, where – I'd say Kobe, give him a drill. Do what they're doing. To do or Keyshawn would tell somebody, and they would take the coaching from each other. That's special. That, that doesn't special. happen very often. That is special. And I'm another guy that we haven't mentioned so
1: far, Joel Pettiford. I mean, even he starts talking about, you know, it, he he. I saw him, I think during the Coxmill game, kind of talking to Jaden. I think it was third or fourth quarter because I was going through my my footage the other day, and you can see like Joel is also a, a kind of soft spoken guy, but. Even he, like, is taking a commanding role, you know what I mean, within your team. And then he started getting going, what was it, third, fourth quarter for, for you guys against Cox Mill. He should have had that crazy dunk that he had that they called for a walk. But yeah. I think the ref started feeling – because you were sitting beside a ref, weren't you, for that game? And, and he said, "Uh, you don't you don't call that. That's
2: right. <laughs> but, well, Joel is the unsung guy, like, uh, for most of the season. So I was glad to start seeing him to get his due. And even the guys would kind of, like, um were trying to – He's the fifth of five, but he was really the X factor because even if you look in the NBA, nobody wants to go down in the trenches and do that type of stuff. And um, some of the coaches have been telling me they didn't know he could handle the ball like he can handle it. But on that team, when you've got the Langley's and you've got a Jaden and even a Christian and Amelia, all those guys are coming in.
0: What is there for him to do with Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. so
2: it's like Jay kinda get um, Joe, get in where you fit in. But <laughs> but um it was neat because, you know, by the time you've played somebody the first second um the first time, you go for a second time, they're sitting there waiting on certain guys. So down the stretch, people tried triangling, and two and they tried to take away Jaden, they tried to take away the Langleys, but that's real if you have um the average high school team and you take away those key components. Yeah. I even saw it in a college game the other night where they were running some triangle and two and they struggled with it. That's right. Um in our case, then you start feeding the other parts and those guys are sitting there and they've been waiting and ready. Um not hoping that the other ones tear the ACL <laughs> so that they could get that <laughs> shot, but you know, like when my numbers called, my turn. I want to do it. And that that was neat where we had guys coming off the bench or Joel and people like, was he on the team the last time we played? They didn't even realize it. So they had a hard time game planning for them. So it was a nice weapon to have. Uh, if you've played a Parkland the fourth time, and then all of a sudden Joel comes up with 19 and 13, um, a pretty pretty amazing team. Yeah, it, it
1: was. Um, going back to Jaden real fast before we start talking about some other things, uh, I was actually talking about who was it, Hunter, for, for Virginia. And I think – I watching Hunter and then watching Jaden, Jaden is a guy that can, he can go and guard, you know, a, a smaller guard, a point guard, or a shooting guard, but then he can also, you know, <laughs> guard him all the way Very down good. to a power forward, good. you know, what can you, what can you say about, I mean, how unique he is defensively, because, I mean, he, he kind of uh, strapped up Wendell Moore during, <laughs> during the Cox Mill game, I mean, Wendell wasn't able to do anything, and, I mean, that's, I thought for sure he would get offers after playing the, the, the defense that he had on Wendell that game. But, you know, what can you say about him on both sides of the
2: ball, how he can do that? I was a pretty good athlete in high school, and I had basically relatively the same length. But his, I've never coached a guy, except for Eric Hicks, that could go take the ball out of the air like he does. Now, Joel does it, but he does it in a little different way. In the case of Jaden, it's, it's kind of... um. It's a special ability to go catch somebody's jump shot. It's one thing if they're going to lay it up on the board and you can size them up on the backboard where the rim is, but I saw even in that championship game, I distinctly remember one shot the guy took the jump shot and he was like, I mean he, oh he, right in the he, corner yes. I mean because he he was expecting like I got it off, so I'm safe yep. <laughs> and here comes um plastic man and, he, <laughs> and he's going and taking so that's pretty neat to be able to do that. but then that same guy. We'll go tip the ball out and rip you off the bounce. And yeah. so, I mean, that's just a unique um set of tools to work with. So to have those quick hands like that and still be able to time stuff and go get shots. I I've not been around too many basketball players. You don't I mean, you don't see that in the NBA. Not not too often where you see you see the guys with the length where they could do it, but do they want to do yeah, it? Yeah, they don't yeah. work at it. No yeah.
0: like he did. He worked at it.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying like he's like an
1: Antetokounmpo, but, you know, like he's not out there guarding a guard, you know. He's not going to go out there and try to guard Curry or whatever. But that's that's just what I'm saying with, with Jaden. You know, with the link that he has, I mean, he he locked up, you know, say Quest of Mount Tabor. I remember he guarded him a little bit. Or, you know, if, if they tried to switch him, I think, what was the guard for, for Beno Smith? K- Khalid uh, yeah. Hines? Like, I mean, I, I, they kept trying to switch him when you played Smith. But, I mean, still, Jaden can sit down and guard with him. Or if, if if Nick comes in from Beno Smith and tries to start punking him, well then Jaden, it's almost like he just like he's like a transformer is what I think. Like he's like he like transforms himself into a big guy and he's like, right. Oh, well you're not gonna punk me. Right. Like, it's just that's his mentality. And it's so funny because Jaden is such a quiet guy as well. Absolutely. And, and but but when he's out there on the court, that guy is an absolute monster. And I think your entire team, I mean, defense, 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 but I mean, how much do you practice each? Like, I wanted to ask you that the last time you were on the podcast. Like, how much do you practice, you know, offense because it's dominant, defense also dominant, and then also your transition points. I mean, you guys are good at all three, but how much, you know, percentage-wise do you practice of those?
2: Well, we start – if you want kids, especially this year, to have a defensive mindset, I think you got to start with it. (laughs) Um, I told somebody, and they laughed because they said this is true. I think with some players, with some teams, defense is a suggestion. It's not required. Um, and, you know, you get your stud and you're like, well, I can't. I've heard this in the NBA, and LeBron, if you're out there, forgive me. But um, he has the uh, the uh, the ability to be an elite defender. I just don't know if he's had the mentality. And people have argued for him that, um, well, He's he's expected to carry so much load. Mm-hmm. So in the era I grew up in, ball player's a ball player. I'm gonna get mine. <laughs> you're not getting yours. Right. And so that's the that's what I kinda do with my team. I'm like, you don't get the night off. We're gonna do what's the best matchup. So we had guys almost arguing like, I'm guarding him. No, I'm guarding him. So that was kinda neat. We you know, even when we approached Wendell, and we knew he was a tough matchup. We knew if we put a big on him, he could go around him. We knew if we Put a, a smaller guy on. Him, we could post. So the guys were like, "I'm gonna take him this long, then we're gonna switch." I mean, everybody between um, Kobe and Amelia, was like, I, even Joel was like, "I'll go get him." Mm-hmm. And and to have guys to want to do that, that's just a testament to to who you are. And then on the offensive end, they're like, "Let me get my touches now." I just <laughs> depended on that end. So we start practice for probably we'll do our shell and. Do some of those things, and I I had a guy that was coaching with me a few years ago. He's like, I don't know why you keep holding out. I'm trying to get you to show me how you do that defense. And I was like, I am showing you, but it's it's um it's piece by piece. And I've had other people think when we pick them up full court that we're in zone and we're in man. Um, and it's just the way that they're. It's kind of like um the same concept of what they do at Virginia. They look like they're playing the man, but technically it's the zone Mm -hmm. because they are strapping that lane. You are not coming in here. So trying to get those guys to understand that and understand how to rotate. And it's funny, as much as we did pressure, I remember when we played Reynolds, um, people were like, oh, my goodness, they're beating Southwest's press. And I was like, we weren't pressing. We were pressuring because Mm -hmm. we're trying to get you to do some stuff off the move. And that was the key to it. We didn't want you to stand still and pick us apart. We wanted, um, Even the best of the guards, if, you, if you're on the move, you're not going to make as good as solid of a decision if you were standing still. So it's predicated on movement. The same way the offense is predicated on movement, the defense is predicated on movement. So I didn't want you to sit there and run your set. So um, when we played two years ago in the championship, I thought Russ um, Frazier summed it up the best. He said, we beat their initial pressure, but he said the second and third wave yeah. were the best I've seen. Um, and I, I took that as a huge compliment because um, he got it. Um, like, you're going to beat us down the court sometimes or whatever, but we're going to run back into it or we're going to tip right. it from behind or whatever. That, so That's just like,
0: that That reminds me, when I was sitting at the semifinal game against Cox Mill, um, I was sitting there with a, a referee who had seen y'all play a bunch, and we were just watching, and Cox Mill would bring it down, and they'd, I'd say, play around with the ball. I mean, they weren't really trying to attack too much. They were just passing around. And invariably, your guys would steal it, get a deflection, whatever. And I looked over at him. I said, you know, if you play around with the ball for like 20 seconds against Southwest Guilford, you're going to lose the ball. You better be attacking or doing something with it. Because if you don't, the more you play around with it, it's going to be gone. And it is. It's gone. If you mess around with it, (laughs) bye-bye. And I, I I, that's, that's a right. great
2: point. I I felt like the longer a possession went, the better our chances were. Yep. Um, the only time that was bad was if they took a shot and got a rebound. Took a shot and mm-hmm. got a rebound. But um, the more you kind of, um, and it's kind of funny because I almost got the impression that although they were on offense, they were on defense because yeah. they were trying to figure out when we were gonna trap or when we were gonna mm-hmm. go take away a driving lane or a passing lane or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like you got no. It's a no-win situation for them. Because if you attack quickly and shoot quickly, then you get into the running game, which is exactly what you want. But if you don't and you're trying to hold, like Andy did that time, you're trying to hold the ball, you lose it. turn it over that way, too. So, like, pick your poison. Yeah,
1: it started working in the beginning. Like, because you said they were getting rebounds off of some of their misses or they would score. But I want to ask you a question. It's not to bust on any other coach. But I want to hear, you know, because you guys took the triad by storm and even the playoffs. What was the The tough... Or, yeah, they, <laughs> so what was the toughest defense? Because like he said, uh, some people have tied in offense with defense. Like Andy, he was basically playing defense by holding the ball. But what was the toughest defense that your team had to overcome? But also the toughest offense that you guys had to handle defensively. Now, do you mean for one
2: game, for, or do you for mean- just
1: the entire season? Like the toughest defense that you had to face to, to get some buckets, and then the toughest uh, you know offensive team that you had to for defend.
2: God, yeah. The toughest defense to me was kind of a tie for different reasons. Um, what Holcomb Faye did is he has those five guards, and we're pretty much a guard-oriented team. So um, with his teams, if you bring the ball down, um, good luck keeping it. Um, his hand, Their hands are quick, um, especially leading with Cam, who probably, I think if I remember right, led the state in steals. Um, but I watched him play Reynolds, and I was like, wow. And I told my guys, I said, that's the grittiest – Toughest team I've seen all year. Um, but overall, I would say actually probably Smith. And the reason was was the way they were built. Um, when we lost to Reagan a few years ago, like Coach was talking about, they beat us up. Like um, I wasn't complaining because we were one of the teams that get our share of f- fouls. I didn't like the way it went because Terrell got two fouls in the first minute and a half, and it mm-hmm. changed the whole complexion of how we played. But I'm just like, when it got, I, it made us go get in the weight room because um, we literally started going during the summer and whatever like that, between that and playing um, Charlotte Catholic that year. They, those physical teams. So yep. Smith was built big and physical. Um, the, and Derek and I talked about this. The difference was they didn't have the guard play. Um, if they would have had more yep. guard play, it would have been a really good, because uh, we've been asking people since last summer, how would you beat this team? If we were playing against us, what would we try to do? And I would try to punch it inside. The problem was most people didn't have that guy. Or if they had the guy to punch it inside, they didn't have enough gun gameplay. So to me, I thought we wore on people. Like you'd play with us. I remember the championship game of the conference tournament with Dudley. It's 50 to 47 at the half. And then here comes one of those runs. We made a few adjustments. All of a sudden, um, one of the things about when you, you once it, I, I compare it to the Fast and Furious. You know, you got those nitrate, the, the nitrous oxide or whatever yeah. it is button. If you hit it too early, you're in trouble when you get to the end. And a lot of times I think people hit it early, and it was kind of by our doing. We made you play fast. When you come out of the locker room, your legs feel like rubber. You don't want to admit it. So all those shots you were hitting in the first half, you're not hitting them later. That's true. But um, from our aspect, too, because we didn't play as much full court, most of our pressure was in the half. I mean, that's what I think actually um, bit us in the butt against Williams. I think it was our legs, sitting out that whole week. What people don't realize during that week is Kobe sat out almost the entire week. He has a hurt um, knee, and he's out a little bit right now for several weeks because he has some swelling in that knee. And Jaden twisted his ankle the night before Cox Mill, and then again the night before Williams. So – we were in a situation where we were minus three starters going into that Williams, um, being that full um, strength, But nobody was going to feel sorry for us. And I really <laughs> wasn't going to say anything about it because I didn't want any excuses. And I didn't want the boys to have yeah. any excuses. But with that being said, um, I think you had to be physical. And I think Smith was pretty physical. But I think as much as I respect Coach Muse, as much as I respect Coach Holcomb Faye, when you try to hold the ball, I think, coach you're you're all over it i think eventually at the high school level especially just sitting there holding the ball i think that's what bit us at the end i'm telling my guys stay aggressive stay aggressive williams being the aggressor yep. and we're trying to just yep. hold the ball and that's why that lead shrunk now i know everybody looked at the fin- most people don't remember that we were up 17 they I just know, that's remember that a lot we 1 by 7 so and I mean, you're exactly
1: right i'm glad you're saying that because i mean you guys had it handedly oh, i yeah, mean it was over yeah.
0: It was over in fourth quarter. In fourth your guys, quarter, yeah.
1: your guys started playing not to lose. They just they, they weren't being the aggressors. You're exactly right. And I think most teams. I think what was it? A team in Florida that tried to hold the ball. Uh, that was posted all over social media. That team. I think it. I don't think I've ever seen a team that holds the ball win a game because eventually it's going to nip you in the butt, like you said. Because Williams, they went on a huge run in the fourth quarter right. towards the end. Yeah, they
2: had 35 points through three quarters and 25 in the yep. fourth, yeah. which normally doesn't happen to us. Yep. And so I think that um, I think when you play that strategy of holding the ball, your guys get more in, intense. And it's almost like having a, a running game, and then you fall behind, and now you're going to try to throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you, most teams just don't do very well. <laughs> right. I think that's what you saw almost happen to Virginia in the first round. Yep. You saw it happen to them last year. Once they fell behind, they're not used to playing for behind yeah, because they, they control the game on both right. ends. So now, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't think the game was meant to play that way, but sometimes you have to. Yep. Yeah, I, I get it. Now to end, you know,
1: on a futuristic note for the conference, um, you're talking about party, you're talking about Andy. I mean, your conference went undefeated through the first round of the playoffs, which is really difficult to do. I mean, what can you say about your conference? You know, you, you spoke about it last time on the on the podcast, but what can you say now that you're retiring out of it, there's gonna be a new head coach within this conference and you know, what can you say about the conference as a whole, uh going into next season? Because you know Party's gonna have all his guys back. Uh, Mount Tabor has a couple of their guys, Dudley. But what can you Parkin's say? Yeah, Parkins back. got a bunch back with in but what can you say about this conference heading into next season?
2: Um, to a man, it's a good group of guys. Like I thought we got along well. I'll talk to some other coaches um, they're like, I can't stand this guy. Or, this guy's a jerk, or whatever, like that. The only one that really admitted they were a jerk was Muse, and he was like, "I might be," but just, but that dude, man, he'll give you the shirt off his back. Yep. So, um, just good people um, overall. I can't. No, I know it got a little heated sometimes in certain <laughs> games and whatever, but at the end of the day, we'll sit at that table at the conference meet or at the beginning of the season, and everybody gets along. So, I thought that was special because. In the lat, in the in the foray, I got the impression we were all in there and when we came together, you know, we were kept cordial, but it wasn't as tight as this league was. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty neat to see. So I remember when they got out of the playoffs, I talked to um Coach Ferguson, I talked to Partee, I talked to um different coaches and they're like anything you want. So, um they actually scouted some of the teams. That's very unique. Um where they went and looked and said, this is what I would do. This is what I see. Coach Muse just totally broke down the whole thing. It was like, guy, if you do this, I mean, that's, I mean, you just, that's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think um, from the respect that we have for each other and then the personal relationships, I'm that guy that gets along with everybody. I mean, I really, I go above and beyond. So when I lost last year, I did the same thing. I was like, if you want me to get in the car and go scout for you, I'll do it. Um, some of the coaches' egos won't let them take you up on that. <laughs> but I ain't got that much ego. I'm, I'm trying to get that dub. right. I'll take it anyway. That's can also that you're
1: talking about that because I'm I'm good friends with with Andy's uh, three sons, and I actually went over to their house during that week where you guys were in the playoffs still, and he had already lost. And, and you know, most of these coaches, they say, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to scout next week. But I go in there, Andy always has this projector on the wall, and I'm like, Andy, what do you Coach Meese, what, what are you doing he was like I'm helping out my man guy shavers man. he's like I'm scouting for him and I just think that's awesome and that's what we have in the triad and you know to end on a happy note I mean that's why Game Adventures is thriving and it's because you guys you guys set the bar of the whole community of being a family even if it's outside of the conference Revis Billy Martin I mean the list just keeps going on I mean everybody is almost very like you know almost identical to you as a person when you start, you know, really talking to them, and I think that's awesome. But uh, to end on one more note, that you said, uh, now that you've retired, I guess you can uh, make that question that I asked you last time come true. You can take Revis and Mike somewhere with you to go coach at the college level, <laughs> coach Muse and Revis. So if you do find a job, that's that's the dream team that you uh, you picked out last time. So well,
2: Andy's making a serious fight in there. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's not going now without a fight. man. That's pretty neat to see. I think. I think you're all over it though, because even as much as I'm saying that I spent a lot of time with shoemaker and Revis and, and party. You know, these are just some, these are some good human beings that care about young people. And uh, I'll just want to say hats off to you you and coach, because um, everybody talks about, Oh, I'd love to do this and get on YouTube and you guys are doing it. That now, and you won't say it, but I will, you know, you're still in college and I, um, you're a young man with an old soul, which is a <laughs> is a good thing for our community because uh, people come and mess with you and pick at you, and you're not eating from this. That that's what people don't realize. Um, so for you guys to go do this, I mean, it just when you're a giver, and which both of you guys are, y'all just embraced me. You didn't know me from Adam, and I don't mean Adam Hughes, but <laughs> <laughs> you guys just um. you guys um just embraced me, and you're going and going into gyms, and people are. You got grandmas and aunties picking at you, saying, messing with you, saying, you didn't go do this with my son. I'm like, ma'am, like, I'm, I'm not even making any money from this. So that, that's really special. And I think that comes out in the wash, and, and you end up getting blessed from that on the back end. And I, I'm just so grateful to have to seen it up close and been a part of it. Well, thank you, Coach. I really appreciate those words,
1: and you're you're definitely going to be missed. I know, Rich, you, you're going to miss Coach yeah. Shavers as well We're here th- in the I community. I mean, we
0: ought to. If he doesn't find anything to do, we could just recruit him and put him on game of inches. There words. we go. <laughs> I'm around <you>. here. Might, <laughs> might start doing some live games. You might, uh, might hire out play. as a scout for some of these coaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea.
1: But uh, I really appreciate it, Coach, and we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. And y'all, <laughs> yes and to all of our listeners thank you for you know tuning in throughout the season we'll be on again next Thursday we'll post it on Friday but you know thank you for all of your support throughout the season we really appreciate it thank you again and make sure to subscribe and like thank you